Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, really quickly, before we start the show this week, if you're liking what you hear, could you let us know? Go to the Apple Podcast app and rate and review us. This will go a long way as we try to grow our audience. You can do it while you listen, too. Okay, thanks, and enjoy the show. Welcome to On the Rise, a podcast about female college tennis players on the way up. On the Rise serves compelling stories and unique voices in women's college tennis. This is your host, Perry Shinen. In this episode of On the Rise, I will be speaking with University of Florida alum Peggy Porter, who achieved a top five national ranking and reached the round of 32 at the Junior U.S. Open before joining the Gators. Led by head coach Roland Thornquist and assistant coach Dave Ballow, Peggy and the Gators captured the 2017 NCAA Team Championship, marking the seventh national title in program history. So welcome to another episode of On The Rise Podcast. This is your host, Perry, and today I'm joined by Peggy Porter from the University of Florida Women's Tennis. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And I would like to start today with where you currently are. Um, I'm in Dallas. I'm just um, in between law school and working, so I'm just kind of biding my time until my start date. So, And that's so exciting. And where will you be working? Uh, Vincent and Elkins, a law firm in Dallas. And where were you at law school? Um, University of Virginia. It was beautiful up there. (laughs) Yes, and so I live in Virginia, so we were actually super close. Obviously, you are past grad school and you're going into a full-time job, but does the the process of moving on from tennis, does that still feel fresh to you? I think it was definitely fresh my first year of law school, but I think I was so busy that, if anything, the routine that I was in, being a student athlete, like waking up early every day, getting my work done, um, staying in like a routine of working out, eating right, I think that that really helped me my first year. And it was a really nice transition, actually, that I didn't even, at least my routine-wise, I didn't really get out of it. And it was still a competitive environment. So it really wasn't that jarring I don't think but yeah I think at this point it's definitely not fresh anymore I feel like it feels a long time ago which is sad but I guess that's just how things go (laughs) well I find it so interesting and I really admire the fact that you went from this intense environment to intense environment and so during that transition did you want downtime or did you want a break uh I don't think so I feel like when I was in undergrad playing tennis all the time. I almost felt like when I was studying, it was a break from um, the more physical aspects of college, which could be really, um, I mean, really rewarding, obviously, but also really uh, tolling. So I feel like I was kind of ready to just focus on the academics um, since it felt like almost an escape during the four years I was playing college tennis. Um, So I didn't really want a break in that sense. I definitely felt like I wanted a break from tennis. And I wanted a break from the competitive side of being a student athlete, which I think helped me a little bit handle the stress of law school. A lot of people will start trying to compete with each other. 
um, compete with your classmates to get better grades. And I was not really in that mindset as much because I was tired of that. So I think it helped me be maybe a better peer and classmate to my other students. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I feel like I was ready for it. I didn't, I didn't really mind that much. <laughs> Did you get to play tennis during that time? Um, not very much. I didn't really have much time to think about it uh, my first year. Um, and then I kind of started hitting with some of my friends, but a lot of them, it was more of just kind of teaching them how to get started. Um, I picked up golf uh, to stay on my sporty side, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to being back in Dallas and knowing which clubs to go to and having hitting partners and maybe getting back into it. So we'll see. And now that we're onto the topic of tennis, could we talk about lineup? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I wasn't on the lineup for two years, which was really hard. My mindset had to shift during that time, um, and I think that those were actually the best years probably for self-growth of my life. Um, I wouldn't trade playing for those. Like, I'm so glad that I was on the bench those years. It was the best thing to ever happen to me. Um, My mindset definitely shifted from being about me and what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong on the court to being like, what am I doing right? And what am I doing wrong as a teammate, um, as a leader, as a student, and just as a friend. So I think that that was a really great thing. That was very hard um, at first. Actually, probably the whole time it was hard, but kind of just had to work hard and do my best and support the girls that were playing as best I could. And it was overall a great thing. (laughs) And So, I mean, listening to this, I had a very similar experience with not being in the lineup my first two years of college. And it was something that was so painful, but also did allow so much growth. And so I'm wondering that your junior year, were you able to play? Um, My junior year, I can't, I think I didn't play my um, middle two years. So I played my first year, didn't play my sophomore year. I played, you know, like I kind of went in every once in a while if someone was hurt or, um, if our coach wanted to give players a break. Um, so I went in every once in a while. I went in my senior year, which was really fun. Um, but yeah, my sophomore, junior year, no. But senior year, I went in and I was regularly on the lineup. It was really fun. Um, got to play a lot. And it was really great to be able to do that my last year. Um, felt like all the work paid off. Um, and it was a great way to finish my tennis career. And that's lovely. And it probably made it so much sweeter that you were able to earn that position and you stuck with it. And did you ever think about not? Definitely. Um, Yeah, I definitely had moments where I was like, this isn't worth it, especially my junior year. I kind of realized that a lot of people that were applying to the type of law schools I wanted to go to were had double majors, were graduating with masters, had several minors. And that was just kind of the student I was competing with. Um, And so I added a minor last minute and I was taking 17 credits both semesters of my junior year. I was waking up every day at five, going to bed at like midnight, just trying to study and do tennis and just trying to stay positive. And it was, that was definitely probably the toughest year. Um, But I also think that that year I shifted in my mindset a lot more to be focused on personal growth and I'm going to be a lawyer. Tennis isn't forever. How can I use this experience to be a better person, to be a better leader? And really I shifted from being like, how can I benefit to how can I make other people better? And it was 
I think, really rewarding. Um, and I wouldn't have traded that for anything, but it was very hard. And I definitely had, I wake up some days and just be like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to do this again. Um, but it was, it was worth it. I was in good shape. <laughs> Did you ever feel invisible? Definitely. Yeah. Cause I mean, of course, when you have girls that are playing and you're not, um, you're not really the priority on court. So a lot of times in drills, I felt like I was there to, as a hitting partner or, I mean, I never, I had good teammates that were really kind and thoughtful. My coaches were great. So I never felt like unvalued emotionally or as an individual, but definitely as a player, I felt like I wasn't there a lot of times, um, which is just kind of how it goes, I feel like. Um, so I kind of had to learn to not take that personally and to really buy into that as in, I'm not playing every day. Other girls are, how can I make drills better for them? And it was really tough. I think with tennis, as I'm sure you've experienced, it's really hard to have your whole career be every drill you do is about you. And all of a sudden it's not, and it doesn't feel like you are, it's about you at all. So yeah, I definitely felt invisible, but it was fine. Sometimes you feel invisible in life too. So it is what it is. <laughs> and so now that you've been out of college for a few years, how do you think that that time prepared you for not just your academic rigor after college, but just life? I mean, I definitely feel like it's prepared me to be in a setting where I'm around people that are also really qualified um, and are also going to work really hard. Um, I've learned to not be threatened by that. And I've learned to just trust the process, um, put in the hours, do the work, um, be a good person and just hope, um, that you get your time because that's how it went in undergrad and it was really great. Um, and I've also learned that it doesn't have to, I don't know, life isn't about recognition. Um, because really that year that I that was the hardest. I actually feel like it was the best for me as a person. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and that's beautifully said. And I think that for me, upon reflection, I might not be at this place in my own career if it hadn't been for those two years of being on the bench, because I almost had to focus as athletes. I feel like we're conditioned to put a hundred percent of it ourselves into something. And when we're not seeing the results, I kind of turned around to a different part of my life. And did you have that same experience? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I turned to academics um, and I also just kind of turned to thinking I've got really good about envisioning like future goals, which I think is, it sounds cheesy, but it actually like really helps you to stay motivated um, and to stay positive. I definitely turned toward my personal life. Um, I think that was, I'm engaged now, but I think that was a tough year for my then boyfriend and I. Um, and I think that that kind of even helped us prepare for unhappy moments where, or at least when one of us is maybe not feeling valued in other aspects of their life, um, and kind of supporting each other. Um, but yeah, I definitely turned to other things and I think that was really great. And I'm sure that you like, I mean, you have this podcast. Did you think of this podcast while you were going through that period or? Yes. It's been a long time coming <laughs> mentally for me because I feel like not just in college, but in this transition period after college, these first three months, one year, two year, five years after competitive tennis, it just, I feel like there wasn't really a community to support fellow female athletes who were going through it. Yeah, I agree. And I think this is really great that you're doing this. Um, 
Thank you. And you know, something really funny is that I was actually going to call this podcast bench press, like about bench warmers. And then I realized I was like, well, not everyone sat on the bench, Perry. <laughs> I was like, actually, most people played. <laughs> yeah, that's how like, I feel like I'll talk to former athletes. And I always at first would be like, oh, my experience must be like theirs. And it's not. And um, that's part of what makes it so great is you kind of go in and you really get the opportunity to have it your own experience and make it your own and um, become a bit more of an individual. So yeah, but that's so funny. Bench press. I know. I was literally going to do it, and then I was like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> but um, anyway, kind of mo- moving into your childhood a little bit more in how you got into tennis, and how did you start? I started pretty, I mean, I feel like late for a tennis player. I didn't really start until I was nine, and I immediately loved it. Um, my parents had been trying to put me in other sports. I really liked soccer, but I think that I just loved how tennis was on me fully. Like if I won, I got all the glory. And if I lost, I knew what I could do completely. And it was on me to do it. And I really liked that accountability, which obviously at nine, I (laughs) couldn't articulate that that's what it was. But I think that's what I liked about it. Um, I was always a very serious child. So I immediately was, you know, really grinding away, which makes me laugh now. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I just played junior tournaments went up the USTA, started playing ITFs. Um, and then I spent my junior, senior year playing like low, like, you know, like the low level pro tournaments, um, which was pretty cool. It was a really interesting experience. I met a lot of really interesting, really awesome, badass people that are, you know, killing it today. Um, so it was really cool. Do you have a specific story of someone in mind? Um, oh, so I played Naomi Osaka, um, my like I think my senior year and I hadn't like I don't know I guess that she um I need to watch her documentary still but my sister watched it was like oh she kind of got really good out of nowhere and I'm like I remember because I think I played her when she started getting really good and I lost like one and oh it was it was was, I got smoked um and I've been I was like I've never heard of this girl before and I was so upset I was like oh my gosh like of course it's like you lose to girls you haven't met before all the time but I was just like, I didn't even have a shot. That was embarrassing. And I was really upset about it. And then now I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like, okay. <laughs> That's unbelievable that you played Naomi. Mm-hmm. And me. that you played her when she was out of nowhere. So were you the seed in this tournament or neither of you were seated? No, but um, I think it was a 10K or maybe it was a 25. I never played anything much higher than that. I don't think I played anything higher than that really. But That's I think pretty was, high. Most people don't get there. <laughs> but um. I think it might have been qualifying. It was either qualifying a 25K or first round of a 10K. Um, and it was one of those, like, series where I'd gotten a bad draw the two weeks before, and it was the last tournament, and then I lost, like, 1-0, and I'd never heard of her, and I was just like, this sucks. <laughs> and now I'm like, that's so cool. I'm so glad that happened to me. Um, but, yeah, she smoked me. I didn't know who she was, and now it's a fun story. <laughs> Who was she there with? Do you remember? Did she travel with a coach or her parents? Yeah, I think her dad used to coach her and her sister. They seemed really close-knit, um, which was nice. And what was she like on the court? Um, she was, I mean, how she is now, um, very calm. Um, I mean, I didn't give her much to be excited about. <laughs> um, so I think it's hard for me to say, but she was, you know, really nice, um, really respectful and 
I mean, it's hard because she beat me so <laughs> easily, but she seems nice. And like her forehand was amazing. Um, cause I always loved going like forehand to forehand. Um, and so I kept doing that and it was just, nope. Like, <laughs> but she had a really, I remember a really good forehand, really good serve. Um, but yeah, she was good. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hear Her Sports offers long-form intimate profiles of female athletes breaking boundaries, speaking up, and living with power and confidence. In every episode, host Elizabeth Emery introduces strong women who have become successful in their sport and far beyond. Hear Her Sports has highlighted stars such as Olympians and world champions who have impacted others through sports coaching, leading, and advocating. New shows drop every other Thursday. Visit hearhersports.com or follow at hearhersports on social media to learn more. And we're back. And so talking about your life before Florida, how did that come about? And, you know, when, when did you meet the coach? I'd seen um, several coaches, including Roland, the head coach at Florida. And um, at the time, Dave Baylog was the assistant um, at tournaments. Um, and I kind of just got good vibes from them. I'm, I always make big decisions with my gut, um, and I never think about it. And so far it's worked out well for me and I just got a really good feeling from them. Um, I kind of went to campus and I got the sense that there, I liked how it was a big environment, like a huge school, a lot of people there. Um, because I really wanted to just meet a lot of people, um, have as like many different experiences as I wanted. Um, and I definitely got that at Florida, but I definitely went off of just vibes um and they were good and they're still good so it was a good decision <laughs> and so talking about your transition to Florida from being a junior and everything was about you to now being on a team how was that um that was really hard not because of the team sense I was so excited like tennis um especially traveling on playing ITFs and the pro tournaments it's kind of isolating um and I had like a lot of girls that I love seeing, but it's hard because you see them every once in a while and traveling's lonely. Um, so I was so excited and loved having a group of eight women that I was just with. And it was so fun. But it was also very hard, both in the sense that I all of a sudden had this incredible anxiety about not making the lineup, which I think was almost a self-fulfilling prophecy for me where I... Um, and. I realized that now, and it was it is what it is. Um, I learned a lot from that, um, and also I couldn't, I didn't handle the pressure of playing for people other than myself very well, um, which I think for a lot of people is a great motivator. For me, it was too much. Um, I could handle the pressure of like if I lose, it's on me, and it is what it is. Um, and I really struggled with the idea of playing, and if I lose, I'm losing for seven other women, coaches, staff, a school. Um, so that was very difficult for me to deal with. And it's something, I think that was my biggest struggle um, tennis-wise at Florida. Um, but I think that you kind of have to learn to deal with that. If you're going to do big things in life, you're going to make decisions that will impact other people. Um, so it was a good thing. And did your coach or team have a psychologist that you worked with? Um, we did, but it wasn't until later. Um, and I think that I had a hard time articulating all of these things just because there was a lot of emotions going along with 
not being in the lineup. Um, so I think it was hard for me to kind of break through there, if that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. And as you mentioned, and I'm just going to reiterate this because I feel like it's important, is that there are so many different complex emotions that go into college tennis. It's unbelievable. I feel like I felt every single emotion that I didn't even know could have anything to do with tennis during my four years. Oh, for sure. Um, at times I felt like I was losing my mind because I was very emotional um, pretty often. I think it's just because it's such a personal thing to have the sport that you've worked so hard on your whole life um, and then maybe not be playing, which makes it feel like you're a bit of a, almost like a failure, which is, I don't think it's true um, now. Um, but you're kind of dealing with that. I feel like I dealt a lot with like imposter syndrome um, like playing for a team that won the national championship while I was there and feeling like I was struggling the most with tennis that I'd ever struggled with it in my life. Um, also had all the like joy and happiness of being a part of a team that was like winning. Um, so yeah, it was very, it was a pretty wild ride, <laughs> which as you, I'm sure you obviously had that too. I'm totally a 100% feeling the same thing. And I also feel like there was a time in which I thought, does it matter if I ever play? Does it matter? Because I still, quote unquote, played for the team. And will anyone ever know? And then I thought it was this whole secret that I was hiding when people would say, oh, you play for the team. But I was like, but do I compete for the team? And then I thought it was the biggest deal in the entire world. Yes. Okay. I remember going through that exact thing where I was like, oh, I'm on their roster, but I'm not contributing. No one will ever know. And then I think I reached a point where I was like, does this matter? As you said, and I think that that was the most liberating thing for me where I was like, it literally doesn't matter. Um, because I, I don't know, I think that playing for Florida kind of taught me that nobody really cares. <laughs> like, um, and I think that was very liberating that it doesn't matter. Um, and I think I started playing a lot better when I realized it didn't matter. Not in the sense that like, obviously what you do is important and significant, but it, it didn't matter if you played or not. You could, there's other ways to contribute. Um, and in the end of the day, like when I interview for like jobs and they're like, oh, you played at Florida. And I'm like, oh, I used to be like, oh, I actually sat for two years. And they'd be like, okay, like, that's strange that you commented that. Like, does that matter? You did the work. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I did. Like I was on the team. Um, so it, it doesn't matter. Um, and I think that was the transition point of, for me to play better. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I went through that too. So you would tell people that you didn't play. You're so brave, <laughs> a lot braver than me. I mean, not really in interviews, but I would just be talking like there's a lot of happy hours with firms and things like that. And I'd be like, oh, I actually was on the bench for two years. And like I would, and I would always be like, try to sell it and be like, it was a great period of growth. Um, you know, whatever. And they would be like, well, you did the work. So like, okay. And I was like, okay, literally no one matters. This doesn't matter. Am I correct in saying that you felt ready to move on by the time that you walked into law school? Yes, I definitely felt ready. Um, not to say that I didn't love my experience at Florida, but I definitely felt like I gave it my all. It ended on a good note. Um, I grew a lot. And I felt like I kind of had squeezed all the growth um, and experiences that I could out of both the school um, and the team and um everything like that. So I was definitely ready um, for something new, um, which was, which was nice. And you met your fiance in college. 
Yeah, it was great having him there to, like, support me, see me when I was probably my craziest. Hopefully I ever am, knock on wood. Um, But, yeah, it was – and, like, not – like, I feel like I was fine. It just was – you know, as we said, it was a lot of emotions that were new. Um, Yeah, it was good. Um, It was great having him there. Was he an athlete? No, he wasn't. So he would just be on the sidelines like, what? He had no idea what was going on. Um, Yes, well, I did not meet my fiancé in college, but I did get really into acting, and I felt like the theater world was a world where it was, some people call it the opposite of sports, but for me, I saw so many similarities, and I loved kind of doing that as an outlet, so I totally understand that. Wait, that is so cool. Oh, my gosh. How'd you get into that? Did you take a class, or...? Totally. I just took a class and then fell in love with it. That is really neat. Because I don't know, I'm always like, I need to have more hobbies. Like, my hobbies are like reading. And I'm like, that's what law is. Like, I read all the time for work and whatever. But that's so cool. And I feel like that probably really helped you to like get in a better headspace and um, probably helped with sports. I feel like that's so important to have an escape. Well, it really did. And I guess to, to go back to your world of, did you have friends off the team um, you know, who didn't really know about sports as well? I mean, I had a lot of friends on other sports and I definitely feel like, um, a lot of my friends were just not athletes. Um, and so I think it helped me a lot to, you know, be upset and be like talking about like, oh, I wish I was on the lineup and they're like, okay, like, sure. That, that would be great. We would love to come watch you play, but And, like, it was just kind of refreshing to see them, like, be invested in me as a person, but not really understanding and not really invested in the problem itself, um, if that makes sense. Um, Like, they did, they wanted to see me be happy, and if that meant playing, they're like, okay, we hope that happens. But I kind of realized that um, there's a lot more that matters more than whether you're, like, playing in a lineup, um, whether you're winning matches, um, because that matters, but it doesn't matter that much there's a whole other world so yes I I went through the exact same thing so I I know what you mean completely and the idea of kind of going through this this range of emotions and then walking off the court and then knowing that at least for me that I had this support system that didn't do that and that wasn't right there with me seeing everything it kind of let me have a clean slate in a way yeah I definitely feel like it would like kind of eliminated a bit of the volatility that comes with being a student athlete um it was I don't know it it definitely kind of brought me from like a high low my moods were based off of how I did how my practices went whether I won or lost um whether I was on the lineup to being based off of the whole range of my life because there's a lot more that was going on in my life and there was a lot of really good things including just being on the team and not playing um that I wasn't able to fully appreciate until I had that perspective. So it was, yeah, I think that that is something that's really important. I wish that student athletes had more time and were encouraged more to explore that because I think it would help them be better athletes and teammates. Um, At least it helped me. My name is Peggy Porter and I'm On The Rise. This has been an episode of On The Rise, a tennis channel podcast in partnership with Behind The Racket and produced by Molly Scholson. Join us next time to continue our conversation about women's college tennis. This is Perry Shinen on the rise. Hi, hope you enjoyed this episode of On the Rise. 
Before you go, I would like to ask you for a small favor that will make a huge difference. We would love for you to please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. This really makes a huge difference to get more people listening. So if you could take a minute right now to rate the show, that would be amazing. Thank you.